Good day, my brothers. Good afternoon. If you're watching live at Dust Patrol, good morning. If you're watching live at Dawn Patrol, and what's up if you're watching on our YouTube channel or listening on our podcast platform, however you are choosing to be a part of this men's community, I'm fired up. Even if you snuck in and you're of the female persuasion, a wife, a daughter, a sister, a girlfriend, a fiance, I know who you are. Welcome. Welcome back to The Real Deal. Last week, we talked about what my opinion is. Things are getting kind of real on the planet. I don't know if you've noticed. Things are getting kind of unpredictable, unorthodox, if uncertain, unsettling, bunch of un going down. So we're looking at The Real Deal. What's going to pull us as the men's ministry of Three Crosses through this crisis, this global pandemic? And much like the New Deal in the 30s and 40s, uh, we're going to do the real deal, which is, in my opinion, the core of what a man of God is and what his role is, not only in these challenging times, but period. But the challenging times brings to the surface the crema, the cream and coffee, the the. When we get squeezed, we find out who we are. And some of us, as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, have some work to do because we're being squeezed and pressured and under some duress. And we don't like what's coming out in the surface. So what does a man of God do? Make some changes. That's what he does. He repents. He transforms. He leans into the Holy Spirit in a fresh and new way. Not cower, not retreat. Just take a different path. I love that. I think it was Patton or MacArthur or somebody said, we're not retreating. No, we're just taking a different path. And again, I just can't get over how excited I am about what God must be up to as he reshapes and reforms communities and cultures and, and habits and ministries and churches and men's ministries. And so we're going with the punches. We're rocking and bobbing. And so last week we... Started the whole thing with embrace the sift, the challenge, the struggles, the suffering, because that's how we grow. Remember that? So I think guys that are leaning in on a deeper level, and even if you didn't email me to be part of the Zoom uh, micro discipleship groups that we're forming, uh, we're going to be talking about this message after Dust Patrol Live tomorrow night. I'm recording. It's Monday the 13th. So tomorrow night, we're going to break into our little groups and talk about the message and apply some things. If you didn't email me, no problem. Hit us up next time. Not this time. We're all set. We're rolling and growing. And not because if you didn't email us and you're not part of that doesn't mean that you're not a man of intent, focus, and desiring the tools to make disciples even through these challenging times. And I think right now, right now is a critical time in history. And I, I, the people I meet, I don't care where you are, what your background is, what you were about and what you believed in life. There's a certain type of person, a lot of types of people that are leaning into God, eternity, faith, hope, prayers, things that they just would flip around and just nonchalantly consider. Now they're going, whoa, stuff just got real. How real is God and how do I get involved with God? These are the kinds of people I'm meeting 
all the time, and maybe you are too. So I thought it'd be really helpful just to spend some time in the Word and and uh, pass some things on to you that I've learned in this thing called disciple making. Being a disciple, in my definition, is one who lives like Christ. He did two things. Died for the sins of the world. Good Friday. Thank you, Lord. It was a great Friday because you did all the heavy lifting. Sunday, Easter Sunday, wasn't that special? Gathering together. Easter Sunday, resurrection, all things are new. It's a new day and age. I've paid for the sins of mankind. My desire now in this age is to meet and do life with every soul on the planet, says the good Lord through his word, loose translation, but extremely accurate. He is about redeeming all of mankind. So the sins of man uh, were already paid for. So Jesus says, imitate me, live as I did, do what I do. Well, he did that. We can't imitate that once and done. And he made disciples. That's what he did. He passed on a legacy. And then he says, go and do likewise. Last words, top of a hill in Acts 2. Wait for the power of the Holy Spirit and then go around the world. Be my witness. That's what it is. That's what it is. It being this faith life. That's the core essence of it is to learn some stuff. Learn to trust God and the uh, Holy Spirit in a fresh, freeing, relevant real dynamic way and pass that on. Pass it on to other brothers and sisters who need to learn the same lessons. Change the world. And sometimes that happens on a Sunday morning. Sometimes that happens on a Wednesday afternoon. Sometimes that happens at at lunch break at work. Sometimes that happens on a Zoom conference call. The harvest is ripe. People are leaning in heavy. So I thought it'd be timely if we spent some time in the Word, readjusting. Remember last week? Embrace the sift, the challenge. Certain kinds of guys, their intent is to live that way, make disciples. That's their intent. Their focus is on how to do that, what needs to go in my life that's keeping me from that. Hebrews, get rid of all the sin that entangles us, all the things that are keeping us from running our life with purpose. Paul, Corinthians, I, I'm like an athlete. We're going to look at that next week, I think. Next week, we're going to really dive into that. I make my body my slave for the sake of the call, for the sake of making disciples. So your intent is to make disciples. Your focus is to, let's get going. Let's get, but let's go. Let's get rid of what ain't helping me and, and expand what is helping me. And lastly, the tools. What are some things that I've seen that I admire, that I've learned, that are in Scripture, that are in the saints that have gone before me. We're going to talk about it. And I wish we had table time because I got great table time questions. But that's why we're doing the Zoom thing. We're going to talk about it. If you didn't get in on the Zoom thing, on the micro groups, talk to some brothers. Even now, if it's live, hook up with some guys. Chit-chit-chat, chit-chit-chat, chit-chit-chit-chat, chit-chit-chit-chat. Meet me after. Let's call after. Let's talk after. I can't keep up with it all. And the spell check doesn't work on the deal. And I'm just, my glasses and people are commenting and the one I'm trying to answer, go. so do what you got to do. If you're in a Timothy group, call them brothers. If you got some guys that you sat with at the table you haven't seen, reach out to those guys. It's not up to the Zoom group. It's just like another element that we're going to include through this little six-week, seven-week thing. Now, go, says the good Lord, make some disciples along the way. Teach them everything I taught you. Know this, I'm with you. 
you can't fail. You know what I really love about that? That whole verse starts with verse 16. It says that he met the disciples, a lot of them, 11. I got to think there's a plus because they were already meeting in the upper room and they were already scattered. Might have been some men and women there. And it says some of them fell down to the ground and worship. Verse 16, but some of them doubted. They weren't in a place to change the world. And what's the Lord say? <laughs> you got what it takes. I love it. Even the doubters got a home in the great uh, commission. Go out in your going, everywhere you go, everything you do, every conversation you have, have people lean in. Have them walk away from that experience more like Christ. Know this, after you baptize them, after you bring them across the line of faith and teach them everything you know, God's gonna do all that, we'll get there. I'm with you always. You can't fail in that deal. You can't fail, we can't fail. So if you're doubting, if you're feeling like, ah, dude, I'm just trying to hang on, I just lost my job, I don't know my marriage, I've been in the house with the same family for six weeks now and murder hasn't happened yet, but considered it a couple times. I'm, I'm Googling how to get rid of bodies right now, Mark, and you're telling me to go make disciples? Put down the Google bar and forget trying to get rid of dead bodies and learn how to love them people. That's discipleship. That's intent focus. Come on now. Let's take it up a notch. Let's get real. Let's change the world. That's what God says. You're on the planet to change the Bring the heaven to earth. It's 10 minutes in. I haven't even got into my message, but don't freak out. It's a short one. Two and a half hours. 36 fill in the blanks. Come on now. You've been around me long enough to know. Second Timothy is going to be our pilot. Second Timothy chapter two, verse two. That's a lot of twos. Second Timothy chapter two, verse two. I'm going to start with verse one because I'm the pastor, but you're going to keep up with me on verse two. I'm going to pause and wait for you to turn there. I expect you to get the word out. I don't care if you're in your jammas. I don't care if you're in the back deck. I don't care. Get the word out. Get your tablet out. If you're watching on the tablet, you're going to have to go old school. Paper, man. Come on, bro. God, men has God's word available all time. Come on, all the time. I got distracted because I'm looking behind me. I'm in my uh, tribal way office. It's in next. It's in our little place in SoCal next to that little scroungy garden we had. And so I'll probably be making most of my videos here because this is our the tribal way headquarters, the nonprofit that we started two years ago to make disciples. It's what it is. It's disciple making nonprofit through all kinds of mediums, storytelling, media, books, speaking, writing, this. And so it's appropriate that we're here in the tribal way headquarters. Makes it sound like it's something amazing, huh? Headquarters. Just me and a bunch of flies in here flying around and some termites, dropping termite stuff. I'm hoping it's pieces of wood. You know what I'm saying? It might be a little termite poo. That's, oh, I don't know, but what are you going to do? Where was I? I know right where I was. Just checking to make sure you know where I was. Timothy, my dear son. Isn't that beautiful? Paul is in the ultimate. I know Danny in his devotions talked about Philippians being in house arrest. This, my friends, is in dungeon. This is the last letter that Paul wrote chained to a wall. This is legit social distancing. This is dungeon stuff. This is like last letter to a dear son with instructions on 
how to carry on the ministry, how to make disciples, last words to a dear son, Timothy. They did all kinds of ministry together. All kind. Paul was there when Timothy was laid hand on, received the uh, p- power of the Holy Spirit, received the Holy Spirit, received his gift. Paul has known Timothy most of Timothy's life, and he's writing to him as a dear son. I love this. It's called a disciple. Something powerful happens when we get involved in each other's lives and do ministry together and encourage each other, support each other, challenge each other, teach each other, and do life with each other in a real honest, authentic, vulnerable, deep way. Deep being not chicky. Don't be offended if you're a girl leaning in, but in a in a, um, a iron sharpens iron way for the sake of the kingdom, not for the sake of this relationship. I need guys around me making me better so that I can make the guys I'm around better and we can ride the rim together. We can make disciples. We can change the world. That's this beautiful relationship. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God has given you. Rely on the grace of God, power of God's spirit, the comfort of God through this trying time. And Timothy's trying time is he's young in the ministry and his dear spiritual father, Paul, is at the end of his days. Be strong uh, in the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. When you are in Christ Jesus, when you are remaining, abiding in the Lord in his saving works, in his uh, relationship with the Father through Christ, we can have access to the Father. Through doing life with the Holy Spirit, when we're in Christ, they are, they are the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, making their home in us, the new temples of the living God. What's for dinner? Ran out of toilet paper? can't go out and walk my favorite trail. What? Are you kidding me? My dear son, be strong through the grace that God has given you through being in Christ. I might not even get to the message now that I'm looking. I'm 1429 into it, 1430. I'm just missing you guys. Don't you love doing the word together? I don't know. I'm talking to a phone in a shed. I hope you guys are digging it. Uh, You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses, that have been seen by many faithful men and women. You have heard me teach things and have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Uh, Now, teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to other trustworthy people. Pass them on. now, this is amazing because in 1 Corinthians, let's turn there. 1 Corinthians, I'm just giving you a little, little. it's a Bible study, guys. This ain't no entertainment venue. Remember, don't show up for the show. We're here to grow. The show went on pause, man. You know what I'm saying? Some people checked out, said, I'll be back when the show fires back up. God bless you, bro. Peace be with you. I'm talking to bros that are committed to grows. Don't be that bro that don't want to grow. First Corinthians, I wasn't even ready to go here. Chapter six, he says this, verse 17. I think it's 17. Let's see. No, yep, 17. But, no. (laughs) Chapter four, verse 16. My glasses, man. Uh, So I urge you to imitate me. This is Paul to the Corinthians. You guys are in a world of hurt. So I urge you, 
to imitate me. Later in chapter 11, he'll say, imitate me as I'm imitating Christ. Paul can say, I'm worthy of imitation. So I urge you to imitate me. That's why I have sent Timothy, my beloved faithful and child and Lord. He will remind you of how I follow Christ Jesus, just as I teach in all the churches where I go. So Timothy's this faithful thing. And he says, Timothy, be sure to pass on what I've passed on to you, to faithful men and women who will do the same, not just hold it, not just be great little students and go to the grave with like a hard drive in their head and knowing all the languages and all the context and all the cross-references and all the prophecies and all the blah, 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 blah. We're here for the work of the ministry. We're here to make disciples, including knowing what you're talking about. I'm not discounting study. Oh, no, no, I'm, come on. If I flip this camera around, you'd be sick how many books. I love it. But the goal is to make imitators as we imitate Jesus. And he left a bunch of people we can imitate. Peter, I love imitating him, kind of a wild man. Paul, love that. Acts, even Phoebe, a girl, who a church in her house. Come on, this is amazing. Uh, number one, if you're filling in the blank, remain teachable. Remain teachable. Timothy remained teachable. It says to make sure uh, you have heard me teach things I have been uh, confirmed and it had been confirmed by many reliable wit witnesses. Now, teach them. We'll pick that up later to other people. But you've heard me. You've leaned in. You've studied. You've done the homework. You've been taught. You remained a student. Here's the thing I've learned about manhood. It's easy to think we know enough. It's easy to think when we enter a social situation, uh, we don't listen well because we're just waiting for a gap to tell people what we know, what we've experienced. It's easy and subtle to, to lose the spirit of humility that comes with the kind of person who always wants to learn, grow, ask questions, is curious, leaning in, doesn't think or pretend he has all the answers. Paul says to Timothy, you've been teachable. Uh, that's the X factor. That's the X factor. My old buddy, CJ Nelson, world champion, longboarder three years ago at 42, surfing against 20-year-olds, remarkable surfing career, remarkable surfboard shaper designer, remarkable brander, remarkable uh, influencer in as far as global surf culture and a modern surf culture. And uh, a month ago, he... Uh, is posting pictures of a guy named Kevin Scavarna who almost won within one heat at the Duct Tape Invitational, the same contest that CJ won. And, and Kevin Scavarna was neck and neck with a guy named Joel Tudor who was running the Joel Tudor Duct Tape Invitational. So Kevin Scavarna is like really good. He's about 26, 28, really good surfer. And all of a sudden, CJ's posting pictures of Kevin doing this and Kevin doing that. So I call Siege. I say, Siege, what's the deal with Kevin? He goes, oh, he's going to be the next world champion and maybe for the next three years running. I said, how do you know? He says he's got the X factor. The X factor? Yep. I said, what's the X factor? Like longevity, youth, diet, equipment, backing, financial sponsorship. What's the X factor? CJ said, and I quote, 
he has remained teachable at the top of the game. Many people in his position, three and four tiers down, figure I'm good enough. I'm awesome. I got the supporters. I just almost won that thing. I got it. I'm better than most people. And they take the, the, the position of I'll figure it out. He's got the X factor, which a lot of NBA players have the X factor. What does LeBron James have 20 personal trainers or $20 million a year devoted to training or $2 million a year or something? You NBA guys got that all worked out. I don't. It just came into my head. I could Google the thing right now, but I'm not going to pause the thing and have another editing issue. I'm just telling you, LeBron has the X factor. And Kevin Skavarna has the X factor. And CJ, he came to CJ and said, would you take me to the next level? Would you watch me? And show me what I need to learn to fix some things that are going to make me the dominant guy, king of the hill for the next decade. The X factor. It's interesting. I'm in Proverbs a day because it keeps the dumb stuff of isolation away. Come on now, guys. If there's one thing you've learned, the Proverbs a day, a chapter of Proverbs a day keeps the dumb stuff of manhood away. Come on. I read it in a lot of different versions because I've been doing this for like 15 years now, Proverbs. And so it makes it alive when I can do other little versions. And uh, the ninth, this was just three days ago, four days ago, four days ago. Do not rebuke mockers for they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. That word rebuke means correct. Huh? Wise guys will love you for the effort of correction. This is in the Passion Translation, which goes from the Aramaic as it was orally distributed to the Samaritans and the New Testament, especially in the Aramaic is powerful because that's how it was delivered as our Lord spoke Aramaic, not Greek. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning to be men with the X factor, linking in to instruction, to remain teachable. Uh, look at this, uh, verse, uh, oh, this is the passion. So don't even bother to correct a mocker for he'll hate you for it later. But go ahead and correct the wise for they'll love you even more. Teach a wise man what is right and he'll grow even wiser. Instruct the lovers of God, the righteous, the right living, and they'll learn even more. Let's be men of the X factor. Leaning in to people and information and the Lord and his word and his spirit to grow. Let's be those wise guys. 10, the next day, 10, 8. The wise are glad to be instructed. But the babbling fools fall flat on their faces. The heart of the wise will easily accept instruction. But those who do all the talking are too busy to listen and learn. They'll just keep stumbling ahead into the mess that they've created. Come on, man. Intent and focus to grow starts with remaining teachable. Remaining teachable. People who accept discipline, it's the, uh, 10, 17. People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life. But those who ignore correction will go astray. Passion. If you readily receive correction, you are walking on the path to life. But if you reject a rebuke, you're guaranteed, guaranteed to go astray. 12, yesterday, starts off with this great proclamation. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. To learn the truth, you must long to be teachable. Verse 15, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. A fool is in love with his own opinion, but wisdom means being teachable. 
chapter 13. Today, I just, I had all this, chapter 13, verse 14. In the Passion, look at this. When the lovers of God, the righteous, teach you truth, a fountain of life opens up within you and their wise instruction will deliver you from the ways of death. Look it up in the NIV. Look it up in the New Living. Look it up in the Old King Jimmy or the King Jimmy. Look it up. Put it on your forehead and wear it because doggone it to be able to pass on what you've learned about the good Lord to other men and women who will do the same, disciple other people. It is key that we remain teachable. Number one, remain teachable. Look at this one, 18. This is great. Poverty and disgrace come to the one who refuses to hear criticism. Refuses refuses to hear critique. But those who uh, easily, (laughs) but the one who is easy to correct is on the path of honor. Be on the path of honor. You know, the thing about uh, CJ helped my son and I with our surfing two years ago. And I know how CJ does it. And he films you and he sits you down and takes it apart, critiques it. And he told me he lies. Now, listen, I filmed you guys from the cliff and he didn't know I was filming you. Uh, so lo- know that when when I sit down with most people at this stage of me trying to help them improve their surfing, and we're talking about life, he's talking about surfing. Most people give up surfing when they see themselves on camera and take up beach volleyball because it's really hard to watch. Your, you feel like you're ripping, and but then you see it, you go, oh, well, uh, and it looks kind of lame. But I'm here to help you and improve you, but you have to take an honest, real look at how you do it, how you paddle, how you position yourself, your cutback that makes you feel like you're jumping off the lip that looks like you're falling down a hill, all that kind of stuff. Proverbs says, verse 18, poverty and disgrace come to the one who refuses to hear criticism. But to those, but to the one who is easy to correct, is on the path of honor. Verse 20 is beautiful. Uh, If you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise. Spend time with the wise. Walk with the wicked and you'll eventually become just like them. Throughout Proverbs, it talks about who you surround yourself with, you become. So if you're having a problem, if if you're not a consummate learner, lean in, X factor, go to some brothers that can inspire you to get back on the train of learning. Now, I'm not talking about sitting on the nipple of information, like a drip of or, or bottle of just more knowledge. I'm talking about life skills. I'm talking about imitating God. I'm talking about the way we handle ourselves. I'm talking about the, the nitty gritty of who we are as men. To surround yourselves at times, seasonally, weekly, monthly with some brothers that can breathe into your life honestly. And for us to be brothers who live in the X factor is the key to walking as Christ walked. The whole thing was communal back then, first, second, third, fourth century. The whole thing was communal. People did life together. They incurred, they challenged each other. They, for the sake of the tribe, Every member in the community had to be firing on all cylinders. That is the real deal, to remain teachable. I love this. Um, 
John Maxwell, who I love, says um, last week he did a little thing and it was a reminder. And he said, great leaders ask great questions. And he gets uncomfortable if he's ever found to be the smartest guy in the room. He likes to be the dumbest guy in the room. He chalks out and recognizes men and women that can give him something that he'll grow from. And so once a month, he'll make an appointment with some great world leaders or some great movers and shakers in industry or spiritually or whatever he wants to glean from. He'll seek them out, have a lunch appointment, never eat, and comes with a list of questions. John Maxwell, if you know who he is, Google him. He was a pastor for 25 years at Skyline Church in LA and killed it built a great community and then went on to help what he learned in church world in the rest of the world and is impacting the kingdom in a corporate level like you can't believe. And he still to this day makes appointments. So if you want to lean into the X factor and become a better um, learner, make a list, homework. Hey, make a list of people you admire and want to glean something from men or women that you have some questions. Hey, you're killing it in this arena, would you help me? Would you spend an afternoon with me? Would you have coffee with me? Would you have a Zoom chat with me? I have some things I'd like to run by you. B, focus on your life-giving community. A lot of us are already involved in those kinds of relationships. A lot of us already have those kinds of people around us. And I'm not ready because I don't have a cup. But do you guys remember Ride the Rim? I wasn't ready for this. Do I have a cup around me? I don't. I'll use my water bottle from the cafe called number four. Inside the cup is where a lot of people get stuck. Inside our Christian communities, inside our small groups, inside of the norm, inside of the the um, really clean, really uh, proper, really um, predictable Christian environments. We get stuck inside the cup. The cup is important we get built up inside the cup. I'm talking about surround yourself with life-giving people, not life-sucking people, to remain learners. As Paul says, you have heard me, you've leaned in, you've been there, you had your pen out, you were taking notes, you've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Let's remain learners and be men of the X factor. Second thing, pass it on to others. Pass it on to others. Now, this is where it gets tough. Why, here's the table question. Why is that so hard to pass on? And maybe it's not hard for you. If it's not hard for you, don't load the thing up with comments, man. Oh, it's not hard for me. I won 36 people to the kingdom last year. We're talking about humble. It's hard for most people to pass on spiritual truths to people that they do life with in work environment, school environment, community environment, soccer. It's 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 like it's like mm, we become such a a, a society that eh, it's private. Just their belief is their belief, and God's going, oh man. I didn't write the third testament. I just ended in the New Testament. Go and make some disciples. I'll let you know when I change the commission. It's not, there's not like, oh, it's all done. No. Pass it on. You know, there's a 
Track has the thing called four by 100. Some of you track guys know what this is. This is a baton. They call it the stick in the track terms. That's the slang. It's, oh, give me the stick. So here, because we're not track people, I'm going to say it's the baton. Paul says, make sure you pass the baton of faith. Now, if you know about track, there's a 20 meter zone, the exchange zone, where you're allowed to pass, pass the baton. It's very very complicated because all of track and field are solo events. They're all competing against each other. Even when you're kind of on the same team, you're competing against, except for the four by 100. And the passing of the baton is a game changer. And throughout scripture, throughout the gospels, throughout the book of Acts, throughout the deal, what we see is people remaining in the word, and pressing into the spirit of God so that they can learn more on how to be effective passers of the faith. That's the whole game. And so we are in the zone. We are in this 20 minute meter spot. We're in this time in history where God has, and some of us are doubting. Some of us don't have time for this. Some of us, we have excuses out the wazoo. I think wazoo is an appropriate internet word. It's the wazoo. Some of you homeschool parents can Teach your kids what a wazoo is. Pass the faith. This is where it gets tricky. Why is it so hard? That's why it's important. I'm looking at my notes. You see that little glance down like that? I'm looking at my notes. I'm so excited. Only got a couple more minutes left with you guys. And we're getting in. Go to verse 7, chapter 1. 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 7. Uh, I just hate breaking into one verse. Let's start with verse five because we're alive. It's the word of God. This is so fun. I remember your genuine faith for you share your the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. So little Timothy was raised by some women and they were faithful women. And I know the same faith uh, continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames, the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts maybe in about three weeks. Not a big deal on spiritual gifts, but we should all know what our gifts are and how to fan them. Because a lot of us spend time, effort, money, energy in areas that aren't our giftedness, or in areas that God's not calling us to get involved with. And it's, that's why some of us are frustrated in our faith and can't get grip and never found our spiritual mojo. And so we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. I think it would do us well. For God has not, this is the key, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. Can you believe I could pronunciate that word with one shot? Timidity. It's like humidity, but timidity. Don't be timid in these times or don't be fearful. Gosh, the fear is gripping people. I, I, are you with? It's Monday. That's why I like to tell you the date because tonight or tomorrow something new might happen in the political scene and the, and the whole coronavirus scene. And you're going to say, why isn't Mark talking about this? I don't know what's happened yet. So I'm telling you today's Monday and the people that I'm meeting gripped in fear. I think they saturate themselves in doomsday scenarios or something. We all should be cautious. I got my mask. I'm sick of being the only guy without a mask in Trader Joe's. I hate to stand out. I'm wearing my mask, got my gloves. I wear a flashlight on my head just for kicks and giggles in case the power goes out. Everybody looks at me like, why is that kid got a flashlight in his head? 
I got to be a little different. I found my mojo, but I don't have a spirit of fear or timidity. And that's what Paul says to his disciple at the end of his days. Listen, God has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Self-discipline, which is what it takes to suffer well. Look at uh, verse three. Uh, Timothy, I thank God for you. I serve with, uh, oh, no, excuse me. Chapter two, verse three. Second Timothy, chapter two, curveball, verse three. Endure the suffering along with me. Remember last week, the sift, it's key as we're being sifted, suffering, challenging, doubting, striving, working, uncertain to not be a hypocrite and put on the happy face because God said, don't be fearful. So I'm going to act like I'm not fearful. No, to realize life never goes our way. It's suffering. It's challenge. It's disappointment. There are great days or great moments. There's great victories. There's great reason to celebrate daily. But along that, there's suffering. And so as we suffer, people watch. Remember, we want to pass the baton of faith. If we're not suffering well, what do we have to pass? People run from us like the, like the coronavirus. Like, what? It's key to suffer well, to have your house in order concerning discipline. Discipline's not something that we talk about much. Um, basic discipline. Financial discipline. Uh, uh, diet discipline. Time discipline. I'm just telling you, it's a good word, man. Paul's given us cookies and nuggets on how to pass on the faith through a personal and intimate letter to his dear spiritual son, Timothy. And he says, what you've been given is a spirit of power, love, we're going to get there, and discipline. These are the times in the chaff and the fruit and the sifting where we have an opportunity to grow in our discipline, not get fatter on the couch with Netflix and chips and beer and just... Let it all go. We'll pick it back up in another couple months when the show starts. Bro, to be men worthy of imitation starts with suffering well, not perfectly, well. Made some mistakes two days ago. Uh, just talking, family around the fire. Just, just you know, family's been spending too much time together. And I, whoa, whoa, sorry I said that. Didn't come out like I wanted it to. Just bored to death and trying to make people laugh, can I back that up and say that again? I didn't really mean to say it like that with that tone and that thing. Absolutely. Discipline. I'm trying to discipline my mouth. Discipline. My tones. Discipline. My uh, continence and small circle uh, relationships because I'm not real good in those circles. I'm not good. Put me in a room with a thousand people on a microphone. <laughs> Love it. Put me in a room with three people, I'm scared to death. But well, are they? Well, hello, coronavirus. I'm stuck with three people for two months. I'm like, okay, so I'm learning some new disciplines. Live a life worthy of imitation as you choose to become men that want to pass on 
live a life worthy of imitation. It starts with suffering well. It starts with self-discipline. It starts with uh, operating in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the love. You do those three things, you're worthy of, dis of, of imitation. Operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, in sync, able to discern, hear, and sense what the Spirit is saying to do, say, go, start, complete, moment by moment. Love, all through love. Remember that? That's that bell, love, being everything in love and discipline. It's interesting that Paul would use that word 2,000 years ago. And today we're one of the most undisciplined people group on the planet. We have alarms, timers, and calendars, and we just let stuff slide. Just let it slide. Let's, let's end that. Second thing is to... Um, Find the people to pass the baton to. Find them. How do you find a person to pass the baton to? You look for them. You consult the Holy Spirit. It's a whole set skill set to find people to pass the baton to. Do you know, uh, I just YouTube three four-minute tutorials on effective baton passing. You know what step one is? Step one is when the lead runner is up to speed within the zone the tail runner, who's the one that's going to pass the baton, is in the zone box as well. And the passer waits for the receiver to say, stick. Give me the stick. Pass. To be a man spiritually looking for people in encounters and intersections of life to say, what does that mean? Those little like to know more about that. It's frightening. It's subtle. They're scared. Ooh, he said something. He did something. He's he's about something. He's handling this in a godly way that's very curious to me. And they'll bite the hook. They'll take a bite. And that's a critical, critical intersection if we are seeking to be disciple makers, both in people who don't know the Lord and both in people who do know the Lord, but they recognize something in you that they want to glean and they want to learn. They want you to pass on something you figured out. You've got to be men who look for those moments. All of a sudden, when you're looking at through those lenses, when you're walking through life, everything's not a burden. In fact, nothing's a burden and everything is an opportunity. Be men who uh, live a life worthy of imitation and find time I can't read my writing. Come on, look at that junk, man. Come on, man. Find them. Find them. You gotta find them. Wait for the, the call. Pass. Wait for the easy. They come more often when we live our life worthy of imitation. Lastly, the tools. Intent, focus, and the tools. The tools we're gonna talk about next week in 1 Corinthians 9, some of the best toolbox work there that I've ever found. We're gonna flesh that out. And then... Once we get the inside of our cup, we're surrounded with great men and women or whoever can teach us, encourage us, inspire us. We learn from, we're students. We get up on the rim of culture, of opportunities, of life, looking for people to pull into community with God, reaching into the world on their terms with the freedom and the truth and the message of the gospel rarely ever happen to say a word. How does that happen? Through love. Through love. It, the whole thing is love. Verse 13. 1, 13. 2 Timothy. 
chapter one, verse 13, plus 10. Verse 13, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. The whole thing is in love. See, you fall in love with those guys and gals. They're teaching you, encouraging you. You fall in love with the guys that you have in your sphere that you're pouring your life into. See, the whole thing's a love affair. John 15, 13, I think. Jesus said a new command I give you, maybe 15, 12. Uh, that's to love each other like I loved you. He repeats that command three times. This is the command, to love each other. It starts with that. And it's hard to love other people if you don't love who you are, how you're living. Not perfect, but I'm a learner and I'm a passer. I'm a learner and I'm a passer. I'm being discipled as I make disciples. I'm being mentored as I mentor others. I'm living in the kingdom of heaven, full of freedom, full of power, full of love, full of grace. And I'm building the kingdom of heaven by being those things to other people. It's a good way to live, my brothers. Now listen, I'm reading my notes. I covered it all. Let's pass the baton. Let's be baton passers. Let's pass what we've learned onto other people who desperately need what we have. And it starts with remaining teachable and pass to passers. Remaining teachable and being men who pass what we've learned. Seeking to, looking for ways to do it. Pass on in a moment, in a season, in a weekend retreat, in a weekend camp trip with your neighbors, in a walk down the street with a couple of people six feet apart with dogs and masks on. There are opportunities to pass on all that we've learned from other men and women who walk before us that are imitating Paul, who's imitating Christ. I want to be an imitator of Paul, of Timothy, of Timothy's disciples. Who, dis who imitated Christ as other people are imitating me? I've got to be a man of power, not confidence, not uh, arrogance, not pride, but of soft, meek, humble power and of love and of discipline. It's the real deal, gentlemen. It's the real deal. And I got a bunch of questions for these brothers that are going to meet me after on the Zoom chat. And for those of you who aren't involved in that, go start your own. Talk about this. What do you agree with? What do you disagree with? Where's your challenges? Is it in the uh, taking input from other people, seeking other people out, or is it in the pass? Is it in the I got I, I have a hard time gathering any kind of people, even for a one-on-one -on -one conversation, to talk about spiritual things. Whatever the hardship is, let's work through it. Next week, we're going to talk about the tools. God bless you, gentlemen. I'm really honored to be part of your lives, and I'm really honored to unpack a little bit in a natural setting. Just, just open the Bible and just kind of share a few things that I've learned that have inspired me. And your homework is to make a list of people that you want to sit and ask questions to. Make a list of the people you want to emulate, the people that you want to learn a few things from spiritually, and then next to them, what questions you want to ask. The second piece of homework is to make a list of guys that you want to disciple, a list of guys that maybe you have in around your neighborhood that you have a few things to offer. The back of my Bible, I've always have, I, I have 
over 30 Bibles right here behind me. But every, every Bible I have, I have a list of people. You see my chicken scratch? I don't judge me. I know. I've been reading my writing since second grade, man. I know. But I have a list of people that God put in my heart because I'm always watching. Ready for this? Brian Wigan. I want to invite him into a Timothy group. Bolton. Kyle. Serge. That's short for Sergio, which is long for Serge. Eric Ackerman. Amazing. He emailed me to be on the Zoom little micro. JP. It's just one Bible. Uh, all your names are going to be in Bibles behind me. Look at all these. Can you see those? I don't know. Anyway, make some lists. Who do you want to learn from? And who do you want to make an effort to pass something to? Could be frightening. Could be a game changer for the brothers that writing in the back of your Bible. God bless you, gentlemen. I love you. Have a good week. See you on Church Live Sunday. Don't forget the church still is in motion and maybe spending more money than ever just keeping things going and all the online stuff and 48,000 meals got given away Saturday. What? 70,000 pounds of food, 525 cars came through the church parking lot with families in them, sometimes multiple families. Come on, bro. Don't forget, just give to the general fund. Church will give the rest away because uh, we're still doing God's work. God bless you, gentlemen. And if you have a green cup on the table, put five, 10, 20 bucks in it, mail it to the church. Peace.